beautiful thing about relate, you might be thinking, oh, this is a lot of work. This is kind of like I'm in, in the trenches here with all this relationship work. But the beautiful thing is that when you're in partnership, what I just said starts to happen is you start to learn from your partner becomes your ability to heal because they both show you your stories and your triggers. And then they also, there are things in them that you need for yourself, right? That they can teach you. Welcome to season two. This is the official first episode. I wanted to share just a little bit about what's going on with Podcast Farm and with the podcast and just give a shout out to all of you wonderful listeners who have been following the journey and sharing with me, you know, which episodes stand out for you and what you'd like to hear more of. It's been just really inspiring to hear um, how these conversations have affected you all and I'm just infinitely grateful for each one of you listening. Um, it's truly a dream to get to put together this show for you all and to uh, interview extraordinary folks and to explore this wonderful world of podcasting and sharing our voice. So on this season, I have some really exciting shows planned, some really amazing guests, awesome topics, and I uh, cannot wait to bring them all to you. The, today's episode is with uh, Damodar. Cordua, he and his wife live in Tucson and they have a incredible boutique, health and wellness boutique. They have a yoga studio right next door. They make their own medicine. They're an incredible example of a couple, an entrepreneurial couple doing the thing, making it work, getting through the challenges of relationship, uh, practicing spirituality and conscious business. And I'm really excited to bring this conversation with Damodar uh, to you all. So stick around, we get into some really good relationship, um, practical tips for how to improve your relationship, your communication. We talk about uh, what it takes to run a business. Uh, we get into a little bit of spiritual topics. There's something for everyone in this episode, and I hope you enjoy. And thanks again for tuning in. Hello, Damodar Prabhu. Thank you so much for being here. This is your wonderful space. Um, I am here at Bava Wellness in Tucson, Arizona. And, uh, you know, I'm just passing through, got some tattoos while I was here, and I happened to find you on Instagram or something, and I just hit, hit you up and was like, hey, I'm coming through, I would love to sit down, interview you, your relationship coach, life coach, you and your partner, Radha, uh, moved here recently, and have this beautiful yoga studio and a health and wellness shop that will... We'll show you, you guys some here shortly. But yeah, how are you doing today? Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me here, Kaylee. Um, I want to thank you for walk, like literally walking right into my life yesterday, uh, coming on up to the space. And uh, it just made me feel um, 
kind of connected and uh, I felt that your presence was something that was going to be a blessing to my life. So thank you for all the work that you do. Uh, it's my pleasure. And, and I love to meet family that I've never met before. You know, it's a good feeling when you when you have that connection. And yeah, so maybe you could share with the audience a little bit, because I know that this space here is, is a little bit newer. Uh, and you've had a really interesting journey, um, you know, with Bava Wellness and stuff. But maybe even before that, you like, where did you grow up, first of all? And like a little bit about your backstory. Cool. Yeah, I'm from Philly. I'm from the East Coast. That's where I grew up. And uh, and I moved uh, around a little bit. I lived in other cities, Chicago and New York. And to make uh, a long story short and succinct, um, I was getting into the healing world, actually through tattooing, which we talked about earlier. And um, I got into healing and massage and yoga, started dating my now wife. And we were in Philadelphia at the time. And then we met this person. Some of you might know him from a previous podcast of yours. And his name is Raghunath. And he's a yoga teacher. And he teaches also, he teaches yoga asana, but he teaches bhakti or the yoga of love, yoga of devotion. And he sort of like entered into our life. And I was already into yoga and healing, but the whole paradigm sort of shifted. And we went to India with him, did a pilgrimage. And when we got back from that pilgrimage, well, while we were there, we were, we were asking the divine, the universe, you know, what, what am I supposed to be doing? What are we supposed to be doing? You know, give us direction. We want to offer our service up to you, our, our life up to you. And we came back to Philly from this pilgrimage, and we just knew we were supposed to open a space. I mean, at least I, I felt like I knew. I don't know. Maybe that sounds crazy. I knew I had to open a space between this street and this street. And we just had never owned a business. Um, and we just uh, looked for real estate, signed a lease, and figured it out. And then it became kind of like the progenitor or the, the nexus, the, the original of this space here that we had in Philly, which is a combination of yoga, a wellness boutique with herbal... Um, items and herbal remedies and products that my wife makes and sells and then services such as life and relationship coaching massage energy work and then of course underneath that a sort of spiritual uh, awareness a spiritual ideal or maybe a spiritual purpose so that was really the thing that started us that trip it opened up our lives to healing in a, in a deeper way and then we uh Moved here to Tucson. Um, my wife one day said, you know, I think I want to move back to the desert. She's from the desert. And I was like, oh, that's great. You know, maybe when we retire, you know, maybe 10 years. And, and then she said, no, Damodar. Like, now. Like, I want to go now. So we decided to make the move. And we came here to Tucson about two years ago. And, you know, we've noticed that we as a business try to offer healing right in many forms but we notice that all these various types of healing not only are they complementary but they kind of speak to like the deeper healing and connection that we're all searching for or at least that's what i've noticed in my life so we try to hold space for that in our own way you know and, uh, and that's kind of the, 
the skinny. So it sounds like, you know, so first you were in Philly with, and you had the yoga studio and the boutique there as well. Yeah, exactly. And then it, and then you relocated it here. And yeah, it sounds like in your quest to actually heal and actually be of deep service, you have like multiple layers, like you have yoga and asana and you have different meditation and, and, and spiritual practices that you can serve people with. And you have the herbal piece and, and sort of like the wellness side, you know, of the physical body, obviously yoga is connected to that, but it's mm. like more of a medicinal thing. Mm. And then even on top of that, you have life coaching and relationship coaching, which is really one of the things that I noticed about your profile on Instagram, because we also um, follow some of the same teachers in the relationship field and, and all this. So I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about um, about how you got into relationship coaching, life coaching, and, and whatnot. Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you so much for that question. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because I alluded to, like, you know, a, a spiritual basis for our business and, then of course, for our relationship, meaning my wife and I. But even though our spiritual life is such a, a fundamental way that we navigate this world, I noticed that there were some things, some tools, some, I just, I was lacking in relational capability. And some of the ideas say in spiritual life weren't necessarily directly allowing me in a practical sense to move through some of these stuck places. And then, so my wife and I, you know, we run a business together. We, you know, are always around one another. We have a great relationship and even having all that, being able to be in business together and not murder each other or, mur or commit suicide, we, we or have a great relationship. But I noticed that we kept on getting stuck. To this day, I mean, to, to be frank, there's still areas that we are really trying to work on. And I realized I just did not have the tools. And Kaylee and I were talking about this previous to the podcast, that so many of us, I, I almost liken it to like a like a quarterback, and this is going to sound weird. I'm not even into sports, but like a quarterback, obviously has a skill or a talent. We'll say to run to throw a ball, but if the quarterback doesn't practice day after day, when in the to get ready for that moment of high intensity conflict of a giant, literally a giant person running at the quarterback to tackle them, then the quarterback's going to freak out, right? Or run away. So the quarterback takes time to gain the tools and gain the wisdom of the nervous system and the body-mind connection to understand, okay, how can I be with this situation, not run away, not freak out, not freeze? Some of you may know these terms. <laughs> So it's the same thing for us if it's work life or relationship life. How can we practice and build those tools with a coach, because a quarterback has a coach, with someone who can give us perspective and help us? And I think that everybody needs it. Just like I feel like everybody needs, I'm going to say, I think everybody needs some spiritual awareness or to at least explore that area of themselves, whatever that might be. I really believe that we all need relational tools. And um, one of the people that we've studied with has this grand vision, which I really believe that like the world needs it. 
children need it at a young age and teenagers and people in relationship, people in relationship to their siblings, to their spouses, to their you know, mothers and fathers. And I'll, I'll stop in one second because if we see in our generation, brother, like maybe our parents and we can see, oh man, if they only had a couple of these tools, like how things would have been so different. So I feel like it's almost our responsibility to um, learn them and to help share them, you know. Uh, you said so many wonderful things there, and, you know, it brought to mind uh, Harville Hendricks, who wrote the book Getting the Love You Want, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how relationships are the upstream source of society's issues. Because mm-hmm. if you think about what society is, it's a collection of people, the very first society is one person and another person. And so getting that right, and obviously the most common format that that takes is like a partnership, right? Like a romantic partnership. So if we can get that right, so many of society's problems could be um, at least alleviated somewhat, right? I don't think that we'll ever get to a utopia, but as far as collaboration goes, communication, like war starts at home. War starts between two partners having a disagreement. And based on how we can repair, how we can you know, lean into the conflict in a healthy way, take responsibility. I think that that shows up in society. And, you know, during COVID, everyone was forced to be stuck in a box with Mm. their significant other. And I think everyone had some wake up calls about where they were lacking, you know? Um, So I'm wondering like, what, what are some, you know, like maybe one skill or one tool that you feel would be really helpful for anyone listening for when they're in conflict with their partner uh, or And it could be their friend, right? It could be their family member. But, you know, for this example with their partner, what's something that, that people can do to get better at relationship and at conflict? Yeah, that's a great question. And I love what you shared. Um, I think, you know, one of the key aspects, and I, I mentioned this in my uh, the, the previous kind of rant I had about relationships and relationship tools and coaching, is the ability to slow down. Really slow down the nervous system. I mean, we're in a society that's so fast-paced, and I'm in the wellness industry, and I feel like stressed and fat. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of sick, I would say, definitely sick. And it's um, the ability then for us to slow down and hold space, really hold space for how we're feeling, right? Because we've been taught to either run away from the feelings, to medicate the feelings in some way, to like cover them up, cope in that sense, or we're taught to be like overwhelmed by them, or we learn to be overwhelmed by them. And to your point, a lot of those mechanisms that we've learned come from relationship when we first started our journey in this lifetime with our, our primary caregiver. So anybody who says, well, first you got to, someone uh, said this in class the other day, Uh, Like you have to learn to love yourself before you can love someone else, which is like a very common uh, yoga or uh, wisdom on maybe say Instagram you might read or something. But it's so untrue because the process of learning to love ourselves is always in relationship. It's right away in relationship, right away. It's in with our with our primary caregiver and how that bond is created. So going back to your question, if we can learn a few simple tools from the get-go and then practice them, and that's the hardest part. The hardest part is practicing. And, and I honestly, I have a hard time practicing them. That's why I do it, because I have a really hard time practicing. 
is to really hold space for how we're feeling, slow down so that instead of simply being hijacked by a reaction to a conflict or defaulting to that coping mechanism or fleeing or freezing or fighting, that we can actually be with the emotions and start to unravel what they're telling us and then create frank conversation with a partner that is not so supercharged because in slowing down we can allow those emotions to settle a bit we can allow our nervous system to repair so that's one thing that i'd recommend I mean, let's I go into that so many things to recommend. I, I think that's a brilliant one and it's something that a relationship coach that i worked with um worked with me and a former partner on and um immensely transformative relationship and getting coaching really like you're talking about with practice with um having someone to, to spar with basically and to practice slowing down. It's really important, but what does it mean to slow down? Like in, in the, like someone's having a fight, if you're a listener, you've had a fight with your significant other. Um, what would it look like to slow down really? Yeah. Uh, it, it would look like, you know, and, and there's, there's a, a specific meditations for this that many teachers will give, but generally speaking, it looks like allowing the nervous system to not be completely hijacked, okay? Which, what does that mean? Okay, so then the question is, how do you do that? And it could be simple, which means you come to a space, if that's breathing deeply, if that's closing the eyes and going inward, or if you're with a partner, another way is to look at them in the eyes. So what we're trying to do is hold uh, presence, just be completely present, Instead of letting the emotions overtake us. So that might start, it's almost like the yoga practice. So if you're in a yoga pose and you're uncomfortable, in the beginning when you start practicing, you just want to get out of it and you might freak out. But over time, you can hold space for that uncomfortability. You can breathe into it. You can stay in a place of, in the analogy of maybe conflict in yourself without being overwhelmed by it, without running away from it. So sort of the same thing with relationship. How can you bring that space when you're uh, into con- a conflict with this, another, a partner? And, um, you know, one way would be to start to practice naming what's happening. So that builds consciousness. So slowing down maybe by closing the eyes, breathing deeply, maybe walking away, changing your physiology, right? Meaning if you need to walk to process or open yourself to the other person. If you ever notice fights, often when you're fighting, you start looking away. And in fact, my wife will say it to me. She's like, look at me. Because <laughs> if I look at her, I'm not going to be so crazy. <laughs> she knows that. I'm going to slow down. So key things, changing your physiology, opening up to that person, slowing down your breathing and then giving yourself the capability just like so those things could be akin to that yoga analogy to then start to say okay what is it that i'm what is the emotion and what is it making me feel because the feeling is what comes first usually usually there's a trigger inside that we feel in our bodies in our nervous system and that starts to direct us. So we feel that. And then we start to say, okay, I'm feeling it here. 
And what are the stories that are coming up? Now, that's a lot to happen, right, in, in the middle of a conflict. But think of the quarterback analogy. I'm sorry for those people who are not sports fans. I am not a sports fan, but this is just a nice analogy. So if you think about the quarterback analogy, the quarterback has to do all that in a moment of, I don't know, what is it, a minute? I don't know what the countdown is for football. But there's a certain amount of time they have to think, okay, I'm here I'm feeling this person coming at me. So they're holding space for their feelings because their feelings are information. If they didn't hold space for the feelings, they get tackled, right? And then they start to say, okay, I can see this person. I can see that person. So the idea is how can we slow down so we have space for all of that? I can feel my emotions. I can name it. I can, well, first off, hold space for that process of feeling the emotion. I can name it. I can understand where it's at, and I can start to see what it's telling me. Uh, I think it was Daniel Goleman. He had that book out years ago. Uh, I think it's Emotional Intelligence. And it's a little older, but I still think it's, like a, it's a worthy read. And what I love about Daniel Goleman, because you might be thinking, I don't care about my emotions. I'm not an emotional person. You know, I'm not emotional. But what he says and reiterates a lot is that we do everything based on emotions. We do everything. Like I I have a job or you have a job because of an emotion that could be connected to scarcity, to fear, to um, the need for joy. That's a feeling, right? Uh, We get into relationships for feelings, And sometimes because of our initial relationship and some of the cycles that might have happened, we might play out those cycles to get that same feeling. That's why it's important. Does that make sense? It makes sense to me because I've, I've had to go through that hard lesson couple, several times, you know? Um, But if I, let me make sure I understand for the audience. So if we, First of all, none of us can pretend that we aren't making decisions based on feelings. That's just how our nervous system works and our and the human experience. Secondly, if we don't use the feelings as information, we will repeat patterns like from our primary relationships when we're young. We will seek out feelings that we have thought were normal or safe or that's like what we're used to. So we'll seek that out in our adult partnerships, even if it's unhealthy. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. So in one sense, there might be feelings that you're aware of. Yeah, like I do want the joy of this or that. But then there are these other feelings that we might be more unconscious of that, again, we're replicating because we felt them, not for any bad reason, but they were felt at a young age probably to survive or some survival tactic. For instance, in fighting, like our parents, yeah. if they were fighting, we may have g- gotten scared by that, right? We may not have seen them repair well. We may have just seen bad fighting. Uh, and so then when we fight in our partnership, we may have the tendency to collapse or even fight back in, without any space for the other person's side or sort of this posturing thing of where like nothing can get in. But really, we're, we're trying to avoid feeling the feeling of that scared the scared animal inside of us that we had as a child watching our parents fight. Yeah. And the scared animal thing is so important to bring up because if you look at um, like cut cutting edge um, people in the field of relationship and the nervous system, like Dan Siegel is one of them, you start to see that you might wonder like, why can't I control this? (laughs) That's what I wonder. Why? Like literally, 
why am I so, it's not just because I'm an Italian American and I'm fiery, why? And it's because the nervous system becomes animalistic and it goes into the back of the brain, which is that fight or flight, right? It gets so easily, it can get so easily brought there. So that's where it's the practice of allowing ourselves to not be hijacked by that space, but to bring it to the front of the brain that allows us to slow down, to make more nuanced decisions. But I'm, I'm so glad that you brought that up because that's literally what happens. So we have to remember that we are being brought to an animal state. And it's my belief that we're not animals. I mean, we are animals, but we have the capability as human beings to raise our consciousness and make decisions not based on that place inside of us. It is part of us, but it does not have to be us. And then one more thing I want to, I want to pick up on that you said, uh, you mentioned the, the term repair. And that's something, again, that I would recommend as a, as a tool or something to start working on is, okay, conflict's one thing, you know? If you're on this journey, if you're working with a coach or you're reading some books about relationships, you're trying to work through conflict, it's still hard. It's hard for me. It's, but if you can work on repair, which means how can you not allow that conflict to stay present in the nervous system, in the interaction dynamic of your relationship for the next day, for the next week, for the next lifetime. And uh, I got to give my wife a lot of credit because in our relationship, she's really good and I think it's because of her upbringing. I think she's been taught it. I don't know if she's learned it recently. I think it's just part of her self over the years. She's really good at repair. She doesn't hold on to things. She lets them go. She wakes up. She's, and, I, and I really have to appreciate that in her. Which leads me to one more quick thing is that the beautiful thing about relate, you might be thinking, oh, this is a lot of work. This is kind of like I'm in, in the trenches here with all this relationship work. But the beautiful thing is that when you're in partnership, what I just said starts to happen is you start to learn from your partner becomes your ability to heal because they both show you your stories and your triggers. And then they also, there are things in them that you need for yourself right? That they can teach you. You know how like they say, oh, we like opposites attract. I think it's also that we opposites attract, but whatever that person has, it's something that we're being asked to own in our own self, in our own way, not just them having it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's the beauty of partner relationship too. It sounds like it's kind of like, well, this is intense, but you also, you, you, you go deep in yourself and you learn so much about yourself through this other person I can't imagine being by myself single. I mean, it might be a lot easier, but I, don't, I would not learn nearly as much about myself. I heard a thing. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Mm. And so, I mean, you just shared so many really great points. And one of the things is like the benefit of doing all this work is this secure earned secure partnership in which you can make amazing projects like having a yoga studio and a boutique health and wellness shop. Um, It's not easy to collaborate on that stuff with anyone, but to speak with someone who you share the rest of your life with. But if you, if you know, you, you guys are showing that by putting in the work and by 
learning these tools, and that is the yoga of relationship, you can then create these really beautiful offerings and mm. create more impact. And that's, again, why relationships are so important for society. Mm. Because when couples are really strong and they're really co-evolving each other, then the impact that we can have on the world is so much greater than what we could just do alone. And so I love, mm. I love everything you were saying there. I love the yeah. point about how we... Um, we it's not just love yourself first. It's like we part of the way we learn to love ourselves is in relationship. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, you know, there's a lot of really great names dropped in that, in that chunk of conversation. We just had Dan Siegel, Harville Hendricks. You mentioned the emotional intelligence book. Yeah. Emotional intelligence by Daniel Goleman. Daniel Goleman. Like I, I highly recommend checking all these people out, uh, because the more that we can become aware of, uh, what's going on inside of us and our patterns and our reactions, the more that we can at least start to bring awareness to that, right? And with awareness comes the possibility for choice. And so that's really powerful. And thank you so much for sharing that with the audience. I know that'll really help them. And maybe you could talk a little bit about, about how you do work with couples. Like, do you do online? Do you only do in person? How does it work if someone's like, okay, I know I need to learn some more skills. How could they work with you? Yeah, um, I do in person in Tucson. So I'm in, we're in Tucson, Arizona. And then I also travel back to Philly about once, Philadelphia about once a month. Um, and I do in person in Philadelphia. And then I do online. I mean, as you mentioned, uh, with COVID, uh, so many people were, you know, quarantined and with each other and having some difficulties and going through it. So I did a lot of stuff on Zoom. So we do stuff online. And I work with couples, but I also work with individuals um, because I've noticed one thing I've noticed actually, which is really interesting, is couples or, or individuals who are in relationship and then maybe got out of relationship, but are looking to prepare for the next one, which I got to give those people so much credit. Like they're like, okay, I'm going to take some personal responsibility. I want to get ready for what's going to happen next. I want to build those tools off the get go. So I work with individuals and then I also work uh, with couples online and um, I work in a variety of ways. Sometimes it's just a short program to give them tools or it's a little bit of an ongoing coaching checkup. But the coaching idea is that you are not just being like listened to, you are being listened to, but you're also going to be held accountable and you're going to be given tools that you're going to use in your life and then check in about them. So that's the one thing that I find really helpful. It's like the yoga analogy. Sometimes people like to go to yoga class because, or gym class because they feel like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be held accountable for this. And it's, you know, we, we know in society that lives are complicated and, and sometimes we don't have that inside to do it on our own so the coach can help you okay have you how's that been helping you giving you perspective holding space and especially uh, letting you explore i'd say this to my clients a lot i feel like it's a retreat you know i know it sounds weird it's like i'm having issues with my partner and this this isn't a retreat this is like uh this is like putting out the fire like at the <laughs> yeah yeah exactly not that retreat not ah uh, like it's a retreat you know, in the sense of like you, you're giving yourselves or yourself, if it's individual coaching or couples coaching, to just slow down, like we said before, and be with yourself and your feelings and your inner child and each other. And there's so much beauty in that. I, I mean, it almost makes me want to cry. I just, I really believe the coaching experience, having gotten coaching, and we talked about this, uh, Kelly and I, before this talk, 
for this official talk and uh giving it is just it's so beautiful and we're in a i think in some ways a beautiful time in the world because there's a lot of that out there that we can avail ourselves of and people are are recognizing the need for it i think being being literally yes locked inside our house but locked inside ourself right Mm. needing to retreat inside and you know if someone has been to therapy they may be wondering like is it is it therapy is coaching therapy or how is it different yeah uh it's it is different um well first of all there's not the same um schooling that you would go through for therapy so it is it is different type of schooling but talk therapy uh it has a different nature to it right there might be there obviously will be tools and techniques but coach coaching is much more forward driven and it's not necessarily Sometimes, but it's not necessarily meant to be ongoing forever, right? You might have a coach for a certain amount of time to learn these techniques and start to do them. So it's a lot more forward and tool-oriented that you're getting these tools, you're being held accountable for them, in addition to some therapeutic techniques, which would be listening, reflective listening, holding space for emotions. So I find it to be a cool combination. And, And if you're looking, if you're like, trying to figure out which is which, I think the best, or which is good for you, rather, I would recommend trying people out. You know, I think the the, the key thing, my, my wife and I were just talking about this because we're getting coaching. So we're, we're, we're getting coaching, we get it ongoingly, is to have that resonance with the person. So, and to make sure that your goals are going to be met, right? So when you have an intro call, usually with people, that's complimentary, and then see how it what, what the resonance is, if you feel like this is someone you can vibe with, and then ask them about their process. And that will give you more of a gauge because some coaches have a, some therapeutic vibes and vice versa, right? So there is in between. Some coaches are actually therapists and, and some, have the, right, the whole licensing. Totally, stuff. exactly. And like, so for me, speaking of that, this is what's cool about the realm of coaching is that it is very dynamic. I also bring in my yoga wisdom background. So, which I think is really wonderful. So I bring in yoga wisdom and also bring in Ayurveda because I studied Ayurveda. So those are other tools that can also be applied to relationships. I think in a beautiful way, which I'm not going to get into right now because we only have a little, little bit of time. That's our second interview talking about how the food affects us and our, our Agni and stuff. But um, that is, that is really amazing. Um, that that is really amazing wisdom and info there, and I love how you bring in yoga and stuff. So, uh, for those listening who are interested in uh, maybe booking a session with you for, uh, to try out coaching, what's the best way to do that? Um, you can reach out to me on Instagram. My Instagram is at empoweredconnection.me, or you can go to our website. You can see all the offerings we have um, through our brick and mortar space, which is Bava wellness b-h-a-v-a wellness uh instagram and on our website babawellness.com and you can see my coaching offerings there that's awesome and um you know we're going to talk about the boutique a tiny bit just uh it's it's hard to open up a brick and mortar store and and do all that plus you're making your wife is making um medicines and 
maybe you could share just a little bit about that journey of like what what is it like to run a business with your partner and any any wisdom or tips you could share with everyone else because I think it's a really intelligent move to th- think like okay well how can we put both of our energy into a common direction that supports our vision uh, but then of course we run into all sorts of different challenges along the way so yeah wondering if you could speak into that a little bit yeah yeah for sure uh First, I have to say that my wife is definitely the more talented one. Somehow Kaylee found me, but my wife is much more talented and she is a really, really wonderful herbalist and she has a whole beautiful product line of um, all natural healing, internal medicine and external medicine. Um, but, you know, it's it's funny because we were just were joking last night how how much every now and again we fantasize that we didn't work together. <laughs> um but having said that, um, I think working together uh, as a kind of a recap of all the stuff we're talking about has been such a powerful container within which to learn how to regulate in relationship. So we're learning so many tools through that, you know, especially creating boundaries is another one that is a, a, a beautiful subject matter to talk about. But, you know, as I see it, and, and and I feel super blessed. I mean, we work really hard, but I do feel like we are very lucky and very blessed to 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 do what we do. I feel as though what what's so wonderful about working with your partner is that and working for yourself is that your your life and your lifestyle and what you believe in become kind of intertwined with what you do. And we see so many people who work and come home. And it's a it's very compartmentalized type of life. So first off, it really integrates all parts of yourself and all parts of what you believe in. And then I think what it also does is it empowers each other. I, I, I think generally, you know, if you're working together or not, when you are seeing each other in a way of collaboration, you're seeing your partner, so much empowerment comes from that. And you learn that your relationship is not about competition. And that's one thing that I think has been really, a really wonderful process for us is that we are here to assist one another, to empower one another, and to hold space for one another and help one another instead of, you know, we're here to compete with one another. Now, that, of course, comes up every now and again. I mean, we're only human beings, but um, that collaboration, even if you're not working together, so to make this a larger analogy for everyone out there, if you're just in a partnership and you have different jobs and you come home, to think about your relationship as a collaboration. Because oftentimes we think about what we want. Just like if I was working with my wife and I'm just thinking about, oh, I just want to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Same thing when we go home. We Sometimes we think about, well, what pleases me? But if you think about it as always collaboration, um, a lot of thinkers that we, I'm sure we, uh, people, teachers that we know in common will say, you know, the we comes first. Okay, the we comes first. Now, at the same time, that means we have to hold a lot of space for ourselves as individuals. So the indi- it's not as though it's codependency because the individual uh, strength allows the we to become stronger. But the idea is that in relationship, we're always thinking, okay, how are we mutually interdependent? You know, Jason Gaddis says, 
I have your back yeah. and my back, and you have your back and your back. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, Jason Gaddis, we both love him. <laughs> love you, Jason. I'm going to send this to you. You're, you're the best. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that, and I, you know, and that's a, that's, if, if you think about it, that's a hard space to navigate, but how beautiful is that? And again, in the larger sense, these relational ideas, think about how they would apply to our relationship to the earth. I got your back. You got my back instead of, I'm going to take from you. I mean, the relationship idea is the you know you mentioned this earlier it's just like these tools you you mentioned it as like how in the in relationship or partnership how they can affect a larger society when we start to see things in that light i think massive change can happen you know and uh, so i appreciate that you brought that up prabhu yeah and i mean we we both share uh, bhakti yoga as as like a primary spiritual practice and in that you have the divine couple, you have Radharani and Krishna. You also, you know, if you look at Taoism, you have um, yin-yang symbol, right? The dance of the feminine and the masculine of that balance. And I think that it is inherent in the makeup of reality to figure out this, this dance somehow. Right. And so it's so inspiring to hear stories like yours and to share that because I think it really gives people um, positive role models to, um, you know, take what works and fits, try it on and, and, you know, try and, try and improve their experience, their relational experience. And, you know, you mentioned also working for yourself, which is extraordinary. There's so many people, especially my audience, I know, um, that are either making that transition out of a nine to five or a corporate job, or they want to, or they have, and, you know, they're in that first year, but like, how did you, what, what was your transition? How did you go from like, not working for yourself to working for yourself. Have you always done that? Or like, when did that happen? Yeah, it's interesting you bring this up because I I do also coach people a little bit on this because I've been running a business, multiple businesses for years. So it's just sort of a natural thing uh, that I would um, mentor people about, you know, doing their, doing their own thing, opening their own business. Um, you know, it's in my blood. My dad owns his own business. Um, he's an accountant which I could never be because I would fail miserably at accounting. I already am owning my business. I'm failing at accounting, (laughs) Um, but I'm getting better. I pay someone else to manage the books. Yeah, smart. (laughs) Um, But it's in my blood, but I didn't do it right away. Um, I I really, I love that this question came right after the bhakti yoga um, idea because what happened is uh, I was teaching yoga as an independent contractor and doing massage as an independent contractor. And, uh, cause I also do body work, came from a body work background. And when I got deep into spiritual life, uh, I felt propelled to be frank. I, it wasn't even planned. I felt that I was supposed to do something that was bigger than me. And uh, I don't think I was qualified at that time. I'm still not very qualified. Uh, that's a bhakti yoga thing, by the way. We're, we're always saying that we're not good enough. But I do think back then I wasn't, I wasn't qualified. I, I was, but I felt through some of these experiences I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, I felt like there was something bigger that this container of my relationship with my wife, my skill set was supposed to usher forth. So for me, it was a spiritual experience. It was like you... It's time for you to step into some space 
And when I did it, initially, it was really of the mindset of, I'm here to offer something. I don't know what it's supposed to happen. I don't know if I'm supposed to succeed. I don't know what it's supposed to come to. I don't know, but I feel called. Now, if you're not necessarily from my spiritual background or not a spiritual person, to make this generally applicable, what I'm saying right now is that I really believe, listen to the inner voice. I know it's going to sound a little cheesy, but listen and be present. And if that's the divine, if that's just your own self, you know, the, the, your deepest self, listen to your heart and fucking follow it. Because that's what we're here to do. The world needs what you have to offer. It's not even about you. That's the thing. I think there's a lot of like you, like you, 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 which is true, but more so what what you have, others need. So it's about other people. It's not even about you in a sense. Does that make sense? It's like if God gave you this treasure box full of gems and he said, hey, I have like 50 to 100 people I need you to go give these to when you incarnate this life. And then we just kept that. Yeah, I love it. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. And and so for many of us, and this is where coaching, all the things that we try to do with our space, yoga, asana, uh, other types of healing work, it helps us see that we have the treasure box. It helps us like, okay, what is this thing in my room? Okay, wh- oh, there's something, let me put, take the shirt off of it. Let me dust it off. I got to get a key. Okay, I'll find a key. Oh, I found a key. So this is what this process does, these healing processes and then they they help us see our treasure and to slow down like i said earlier with conflict and to give yourself that retreat not the retreat of running away but the retreat of being present with yourself will allow us to see that treasure box and it'll allow when i see it i mean we want to see it like in its seriousness like this is something to your point brother like we've been given this by the divine like this is serious we we got to give it out. Otherwise, we're being misers, you know. I am so in alignment with everything you're saying. One of our mottos here at the podcast farm is amplify what you love. Mm. And I think that people getting into touch with what genuinely lights them up and motivates them, you know, that you can't do what you've done here without having that fire inside you can't put in that much work unless you genuinely love it which is why people are so unsatisfied working for someone else Mm. because it's not their vision not not everyone i know that there's some really amazing organizing like there there needs to be employees there needs to be people working for other companies and if you find alignment in the in that that is totally bona fide and awesome for those who are unsatisfied Mm. it's because there is an inner voice saying there's something more and it's scary as hell to answer that call because it often requires some sort of leap of faith, right? You're, you're giving up financial security. You're giving up comfort. You're giving up being unnoticed and unseen Mm. and you have to be seen Mm. and, and share. And it can, it can be really vulnerable, but it's, it's like, that's what we're here for. So it's not worth living without doing that in my opinion. Especially if you're saying, yeah, I love that you said it, it's not for everyone. I think that's true. We all have um, different moods. Um, but for those who feel unsatisfied, I think that's great. It's almost like we were talking about earlier with relationship, that emotional intelligence. Again, playing in here, if you're feeling, I'm unsatisfied, like I don't, uh, what am I doing? Like, all the, you know, I'm going to the feelings that you might feel, then be with that. 
Give yourself some space. Explore. Be in that, but also explore what doesn't do that. What brings you joy? What are your natural gifts, that treasure chest? And um, I couldn't agree more. I think if that's what what you're going through, that's what you're here to do. I mean, COVID has shown us, this is the silver lining. I'm not saying that I would want so, some pandemic to happen. It's, it's a, been so much suffering and it's been a very difficult time for so many of us. But we start to see, we get a glimpse at the material world in our lives, there is no real security in a sense. There really isn't. I, I mean, you just look at history and you see there's pandemics, there's wars. We've been sort of... Um, cut off from that in the West for so many years. So for me, and I said this in class the other day, it makes me more committed because I don't know. I don't know. It's not going to make me double down and try to like hold on to everything and be as secure as possible. Instead, it makes me say, okay, I don't know. So let's open up because our lives are like, you know, a drop of water rolling off a lotus petal. I mean, we, we don't know that, but when we really take a look at it, my dad would always say this thing. He has all these cheesy sayings, but this one echoes in my mind. Yeah, you know, son, you go to sleep when you're 15 and you wake up and you're 30. And you go to sleep when you're 30 and you wake up and you're 45. You go to sleep at 45, you wake up, and then soon you might not wake up. But it does. So now is the time. What would you do if you knew that, t- that in a year you wouldn't wake up, right? And it's like yeah. living, living life with that mindset. If we think about our death, if we don't ignore it, it lights a fire under our ass because, like you said beautifully, we do not know. We, we are a drop of water on a lotus petal. Um, control is an illusion. Yeah. It's a total illusion. Like we think that we can control things. We think that we have... Uh, you know, complete control over if I'm driving, I'll be Mm. safe. If I have enough money, I'll be safe, all this stuff. But the truth of the matter is surrender is really the only option. We can fight surrender and suffer, or we can try and learn to surrender and relax into the, the bliss of existence, which comes with a ton of suffering. And actually I came here to get tattooed from, um, Jesse Bob at Sita Ram. And it was an amazing meditation in suffering and surrendering, you know, because it was a four hour tattoo and, uh, there, there is, there's so much space to open up in surrendering. And I, I'm, it must be something that obviously with your yoga background that you are constantly exploring with asana, with yoga asana, how to breathe into spaces mm-hmm. in the body, how to create more spaciousness, even when you're, you know, straining yourself or in a, in a complicated pose. And so I could see how that all kind of feeds back on what you're doing. Yeah, and it's great that you brought up the idea, like if we were to know we were going to die, um, you know, I have this little tattoo of a sickle on my hand here, and that's my little memento mori. So I look at it and remember that I, I will in fact perish. And in bhakti yoga, you know, the, one of the, you know, this yoga of devotion that Kaylee and I are, are alluding to, uh, the main text starts with that. It starts with someone who's a king, who's on their deathbed and what, it, what is life really about? So if you're looking to work for yourself and become an entrepreneur in the realm of the, the deep spiritual wisdom of bhakti yoga, it's also, the alignment is also, I'm gonna die, I got gifts that were given to me, how can I offer them back? That's what we're here to do. I'm gonna die, I got gifts. So we're, we wanna learn what those gifts are and then, they were given, and I want to offer them back. 
right? And if you don't offer them back, the divine, the universe is going to be kind of like, hey, right? Just like a relationship. There's go back to the relationship idea. That creates a relationship with the higher power, the love supreme. When we see our gifts and we offer them back and they're appreciated, it's a personal thing. It's a relationship. It all comes back to a relationship. And so, dear listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, as you know, I am traveling right now, so this has been a mobile broadcast of Be On Air. I have literally been on air flying here to Arizona, and I'm so grateful to you, Domodar, for making time to have this conversation. And I want to request that if you're listening to this and you're feeling what we're talking about, um, shoot me a DM over at the podcast farm on Instagram and share with me what you got from this. Share with me what your gems are. Share with me if anything clicked for you or moved for you. Um, I would love to hear. It is always great to hear from you all and, and hear how this stuff is is landing for you. And Domodar, thank you again. You and your wonderful teammate, Radha. You have Bava Wellness. You have the yoga studio here. We're going to put links in the show notes. Um, you can connect with Damodar and his coaching through his Instagram, which I'll also put in the show notes. One more time, what is the Instagram? It's at empoweredconnection.me. And yeah, we will, uh, we'll, we'll be, I'm sure we'll have more conversations in the future, but it's been absolutely wonderful getting to connect with you and tune in. Yeah, Kelly, thank you so much. Um, I'm just like so lit up talking to you. I just, I, I can't wait to talk more we're going to do a lot more talking when the podcast ends i hope and maybe another podcast one day but thanks for rolling into the desert town and hanging out with uh jesse getting tattooed and coming by baba wellness super appreciative Hare krishna Hare bowl great to be here with you all right everyone thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of beyond air this has been a mobile session. And again, if you've enjoyed this, please follow us over at the Instagram. Uh, you can find us at the podcast farm. We post a lot of content over there and it'd be great to have you as part of that community. And what means the most to us is if you can share this podcast with anyone that you think will benefit from it. Uh, it really makes a huge difference getting our, our message out and connecting with new friends. And yeah, you know, it's as simple as uh, sharing. If you listen on Spotify, if you listen on Apple, just share the link, copy it over, share it on your story, send it to one friend. Anything really helps a whole bunch. So thank you again for tuning in and I'll catch you on the next episode. We have this rare opportunity right now. There has never been a time like this before where we've been able to so easily share our voices with the world. And the planet is going through an enormous struggle and an enormous transformation right now. It's my belief that the best way forward is for each of us to find our purpose, to share our passions, and to communicate with each other so that we can amplify what we love, who we love, and those voices that need to be elevated, we turn up the volume. This isn't just another course. This is a community that will take you to the next level. You'll be guided to launch your own podcast and distribute it so that the entire world can hear it. This isn't just launching a podcast, my friends. 
This is about using the power of your voice to amplify what you love.